Welcome to episode 136 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Cassell. Hey. It is Monday night, January 18th. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day, everyone. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And you're all welcome, everyone out there. <laughs> Did you enjoy your day off today, Ian? I had to work, as always. What? Yeah. That's kind of every single <laughs> every single year you guys ask me, and every did, single year I'm at work. Do they know who you are? They are aware did, of did my you, ethnicity. Did you say to them, "Do you know who I am?" They should at least give you a I, half day. I did, said, "Do you say them? Do you know who I, I am?" And every year that same joke gets made. So I said, "Motherfucker." <laughs> that was unnatural. Mm. So tonight we're gonna we're gonna kick things off. Matt has some. Uh, grievances to air with my take on what's wrong with Luke Skywalker and The Force Awakens. And then we're going to get into what Marvel is currently doing or not doing with the Fantastic Four post-Secret Wars. Grievances Part 2. Didn't we air Grievances recently? I mean, like, isn't this whole podcast an airing of Grievances? McGrievances. McFestivus for the rest of us. I fucking hate Festivus. Why? I really do. Well, you don't like Seinfeld. So there it is. Fucking dumb. I've only seen a couple episodes of Seinfeld. Really? Um, but I, I don't know. It's, it's supposed to be really good. I might have to check it out. I think it's on Netflix. I think it, it actually it's on Hulu. I think it would Ooh. still hold up. So before we get into the heart of the show, why don't we do housekeeping with Ian Sharpley? We should. Grievances that are should always. Someone else should else should someone house? else keep house on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Give me a vacant, a well-deserved day off. Since you're not going to get it from your work work. I know. Those racists. Well, today and every day, McSauce.com is your place for webcomics, comic book reviews, grievances, and podcasts. Now, we're talking, we're talking reviews, and we're talking comic strips that aren't judged by... The, the whether they're black and white or color, they're judged by the content that's within them. That's right. The content of those of characters. Their characters. What they're made of on the inside. That's, that's right. true. There's a lot of little racial humor. We go to the old well a lot at mcsauce.com. It's my favorite well to visit. I always feel guilty. <laughs> do you? Why? Why do you feel guilty? You should be the one pushing that shit. I feel guilty when we do it five or six consecutive oh. strips because it's it's easy it's like a layup i don't think it i don't think it is though i think sometimes it's, it is no. <laughs> well yeah i mean some, sometimes it is but i feel like it's a tool that not everyone has in their arsenal not everyone's allowed to use it not we, everybody has a black nerd it. right we can do it and i feel that if if inspiration strikes we need to make it happen I agree. Well, you know what? Who am I to be the judge? Let the fans be the judge. Go to McSauce.com and check out said racially charged strips. You can follow our hijinks on Facebook as well. If you go to Facebook.com slash McSauce. The podcast is available on Podomatic, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and our classic episodes are available through Libsyn. If you go to mixauspodcast.libsyn.com, you can check out all of the previous Martin Luther King Jr. 
day episodes that we've had. So you can hear all those jokes that we had no. um, in the opening. Have you can we, hear them throughout the years as we get more mature. And have we drawn MLK in any of the strips? No, yeah, but we haven't made an appearance. Had, no, I don't think so. But we did have a bunch of uh, the characters cosplay, and uh, I think we've had some early on someone, Malcolm X. Someone's, <laughs> cosplay. someone's dressed. Is yeah, okay. Yeah, good times. Good times. We've got that arrow in our quiver. We should be able to shoot it. That's what we well, do. You, you can't use any weapon too much. Listen to this guy. We'll see it coming. You know? Well, no one got an MLK strip this year. That's true. Fuck well, that holiday. Hang in there next year. Maybe. Maybe we'll surprise Fans. you. Always like maybe MLK. we'll give you something else on Black Friday this year. <laughs> I always liked MLK Day when I was in school because, like, you come off of Christmas and New Year's and you have all those days off and you're just like, I don't want to go back. But, like, just a couple weeks in, boom, you get a Monday off just like that. And what did people do before MLK Day? January was a holidayless month. Like, you didn't really have any holiday in the middle of the month. So, I mean, it really breaks it up. you got to thank my well, people new, for all that. New shit. Year's But that's at the beginning, oh, right? You know, count. it doesn't count because it's, it's, at, it's too early. It's way too early. It's the first day. It's like the month hasn't even you begun. Got, you blow your load a little early. And it's true. And, uh, yeah. So, um... But February, you have Valentine's Day, but nobody gets off for that stupid holiday. No, that's a horrible holiday. But then there's President's Day as well. So some people get off for President's Day. I kind of think it's weird that... students and bankers, that's who. (laughs) That's true. I think it's weird that it's sort of a celebration of just Washington and Lincoln. That's sort of how it's portrayed. But shouldn't we celebrate all presidents? What is like the Rover Cleveland now, should be like the fucking front piece of that thing. Does the U.S. Postal Service not operate on days like Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Columbus Day, President's Day? Do they kind of? They're take they're federal day? employees, so they have all those holidays. So all the federal employees have those days off. Correct. And students, and then somehow bankers work their way into that. That's not federal. Mm-mm. Like that seems a little cheap. Yeah, I don't know why they get off on holidays as well i think we need to like change that like i don't know if anybody's ever said well okay i get it all federal that makes sense because these are nationally recognized holidays but then bankers just kind of like shoehorn themselves in there like they cut in line like oh yeah we were here the whole time but like fuck you you were like hey we control the money and that's kind of like important so let us off right and you know what i think students should go because i've seen some students before and they're dumb and I feel like... Do you think one extra out. day is going to help smarten up the youth of America? Yes, I do. Why do you think students are so dumb? You know why? Because I feel like they were they were raised on things like video games and the internet, and they, they're not capable of free, creative thought. Weren't we dumb back then? Were we not stupid, too? Weren't the students we were, that you went to school with kind of, kind of... Dim bulbs. Yes, they were. They were of the low watt variety. However, guess how many I'm still friends with? Zero. That's right, zero. Fuck those people. All you Hampton High School 1998 motherfuckers. Oh shit! Zero. Damn. Name names while we're getting specific. All of them. I just I just named the whole class. Wow. Wow. 
Well, if, if any of us was going to call out our entire high school graduating class, who would you have guessed it was going to be? Yeah, Matt Cassell. Right. To the death. Look, I have... High school was kind of stupid anyway. I mean, it was it was like kind of like um, prison. It wasn't until you get to college that you realize there's like an actual free world out there and you're treated like a human being and you're not like sequestered to, you know, the hallways of um of raging hormones and pimples <laughs> do you think that high school would have been better if the teachers would have been better if they would have made it more of a priority to make their lessons a little more exciting or accessible or interesting all of the stuff i love a lot of things now that i wish i would have taken advantage of whenever i was in high school like history i'm a big history guy like you were in school yeah that's fine i am but i i wish that it was i found it as interesting when it mattered because now all that can happen to me is i can just be like well you know <laughs> that, oh, uh, here, Sonny. uh you know the uh yeah you had more important shit to take care of i, I guess so but i i i, I kind of like maybe i wrongly blame it on my teachers but all the stuff that i find so fascinating now I, I was falling asleep at my desk because they were just... It was like a fucking teacher from Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Anyone? Anyone? Do you know why? Super boring. Do you why? know why? Because... Because hunting that poo-tang back yeah, in the day. Exactly. I knew you were going to say I was going to say because her hormones were just raging. They were kicking into high gear at that time. You didn't have time for Normandy. Yeah. All you had time for was poo-tang. I guess so. Maybe. Maybe it's nature's fault. That's right. Sorry, Gateway High School. I didn't mean to shit on you. Hey, maybe you could have thrown some boobies up on that chalkboard. No, I've been all in. What what class were you? Class of... 98. 98. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right on. Give it a yeah. bump. Class How about of you? What, 96? Yeah, that's right. Ugh. Old school. You old man. Wait, you. Did you say 96 or 86? 86. Eight, that's what 1886. <laughs> that's <laughs> a fucking great year, dude. The Gilded Age. Fantastic year. <laughs> yeah. So why don't we talk about some nerd shit instead of <clears throat> high school? And So I created a comic strip uh, last week. Where I aired some grievances about how I felt Luke Skywalker was portrayed at the end of The Force Awakens. And Matt, I, I think you disagree with where I'm coming from. I do. Uh, but I, I think it's worth noting for the listeners, if they haven't checked it out, Ian, what's that website again? Mixsauce, M-C-S-O-S-S. And if you use the, And if you use the comic tab at the top... They will sort all of the comics all together That's for you. That's right. And if you go to the third one down currently, this isn't the Jedi you're looking for. Guys, go find it. It is a really funny strip. Its heart is in the right place. It's just a little misguided. <laughs> kind of like Kylo Ren, if you will. Paul, what, what was your perspective on Luke Skywalker after you saw The Force Awakens? After the, after the first time, I was mad. I was irate. Like, I... I don't remember you being irate. I kept it in check. Okay. But I was, I was really, I dis- I was really disappointed that, that he pulled the old Dark Knight Rises. I'm sad, so I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit helping my friends and family in the galaxy for 30 years, and I'm just going to peace out. But after a Something second, that people realistically do? 
Right. Spirits get broken. Yeah, right. And if I wanted to see realistic heroes get broken, I would read a fiction documentary. Or a non-fiction documentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. A non-fiction non documentary. Where can we would, find that, I would, take one of, I would take one of Ian's history classes. Ah, uh, yes. But that's, that's not what we're doing. Like, I read comics, I watch TV, I go see movies to see... You know, larger-than-life people overcome larger-than-life obstacles. And that's not what happened. It's assumed Luke Skywalker loses his wife, his... Uh, and? His council. His hand. Or his, his, his new academy. It's assumed that maybe he had to get rid of his daughter and not see her forever. His and droid? Like, his best boo. droid? Right, his, his best droid buddy. And now, boo-hoo, I'm going to go droid. hide out and no one can find me. That's what like, R two D two was the best droid at his wedding. He had a little tuxedo on. He was the ring bearer. The ring, yeah, yeah, the ring. He was the ring bearer. Beep boop boop. <laughs> yeah, so I was disappointed. Like, yeah, I understand all that bad shit happens to you, but like, we're not, we're not in the real world. We're not telling real life stories. We're telling a fantasy adventure story about larger than life heroes and villains, where your heroes should be able. To keep forging on and keep fighting. I've been beaten down so bad I lost my academy. I lost my wife. I had to get rid of my daughter. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep going. But Paul, instead, Luke disappears. Paul, you, you do understand that part of the journey and part of the satisfaction for the audience is seeing them beat down and then having them overcome it. Like seeing that happen. Right. You, you know that, right? Right, but okay. we don't get to see that happen. Not yet, but there are going to be a gajillion other Star Wars movies. Right. So we're going to see it. Exactly. Oh, two more. Which is... Which is why, after my initial viewing, I came down on Luke pretty hard. But after the next two, you know, there's a lot of things that they could remedy and fill in backstory in the next two movies and make all of my aggravations about Luke Skywalker right now be moot. But those haven't happened yet. So right. right now, I'm unhappy with the way this character's been treated. True. Can I... I know you were ready to go. No, no, no. I already said... You go ahead. All right. So, <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of things that could happen based on what they tell us in the subsequent movie that could affect your opinion one way or the other, right? You said, you know, it's assumed that he had a wife, he had an academy, he had a daughter, he had this, he had that. Well, we don't know any of that, just like we don't know what the positives could be that might actually explain why he did what he did. Right. So you're jumping to automatically the negative assumptions rather than like opening your mind to the possibility that there could be like a valid reason for him to have done what he did. Furthermore, it's no, I, already... I get that there could be right. a valid reason because they introduce the Jedi Temple. Luke's looking for it for a reason. We don't, right, which we don't know. We don't know the but extent. It's, you assume, you know, it's probably... To turn the tide, and I need to go away, but it's for a Look, good cause. That's once another, I find that's another this, assumption. We're gonna we're gonna kick ass. That's another assumption. Exactly. All we know. This is all we know. He went away, and he was looking for a temple. Maybe. That's it. That's all we know. Right. Uh, what we also know is that Star Wars is established. It's Jedi Knights. When they're in a real pickle, if you will, Ian, a real give me a another, real pickle, see, give, give, give me another nineteen twenties uh, slang word. 
Uh, Why the when, fuck would when, he know what a 1920s slang word is? When, when anyway. the Empire got the squeeze on you. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, when the Jedi Knights were beaten down, there were only two left, Yoda and Obi-Wan. What did they do? I'll let you answer that, Paul. They fucking hid like pussies. They went and they hid. Why did they hide? Because they were the last two Jedis. And they waited for when the time was right to form their their attack against the Empire, against the Emperor and but Darth they Vader. Didn't. They totally did. They waited for the Force to call on them to act. That's no, exactly they, what happened. No, they didn't. Don't be silly. Yes, they did. No, well, Yoda didn't do anything. Yoda any waited. Yoda such. waited. And, and Yoda didn't do fucking anything. Yoda waited till Luke showed up. And Obi-Wan waited till Princess Leia sent a message. Neither of them were like, oh, the alarm's off. It's Force time. Let's go, Team Force. The alarm- they were like, oh, fuck, I, I guess I better do something. Neither one, neither, neither one of them did anything on, on their own. The alarm was Luke crossing paths with Obi-Wan after he was attacked by the Sand People. That was the will of the Force. That's what happened. That was like his destiny. That was. And don't we happened. feel like Obi-Wan Star Wars has was... been established as, as a story of destiny. Things are destined to unfold a certain way. They're, like it's, it's already been established that the Force is at work, and it works in mysterious ways. And... It was guiding Luke along his journey to meet Obi-Wan and eventually Yoda. And those characters went into hiding because they knew that they had to essentially create a super weapon, which was going to be Luke, right? There's a, so, but there's a big difference between Luke Luke hiding and Obi-Wan and Yoda hiding. Well, When uh, Obi-Wan and Yoda go hide, it's out of... Well, we it's, don't... It's out of actually, the, that's... Well, Yes, I'm interrupting you. We don't know, Paul, because... We do know. We, we saw the movies. They hide out of desperation because True. they're the last two. Palpatine's ruling. The Empire's coming up. They can't show their faces without getting killed. Right, and they we don't know hide. the 30 years that happened in between Jedi and now. We don't know we can... what happened. The same exact thing probably happened since Star Wars is cyclical what if... and, and Luke is hiding. Right, what if... What if... If Luke kept fighting as you want him to, maybe he would have gotten killed immediately and he would have known that. Like, maybe he didn't have a chance against the new uh, First Order. We don't know. But you're automatically assuming he's a pussy and he just went and did pussy shit because you're bitter and because you're cynical. Because you're bitter and you're cynical. We don't really know enough about the story. Right. And like I said, Episode 8 might clear all this up, and all will be forgiven. I want to know one But there's still a lot of goofy shit about him disappearing, and the maps, and the two different pieces. You talk And Leia doesn't even know where the fuck he's at. Like, when you think if he was like, hey, I've got a plan. It's going to seem like a bad idea, but in the long term, it's going to work out, because I'm going to find this temple. Just me and you, trust me. Well, but no. everyone's like, well, no, maybe he thought my son. Now he disappeared. No, maybe he thought, well, this idea that I have sounds so crazy that I'm not going to tell anyone because if I tell anyone, it could compromise my mission. He should know better. Yeah, come on, <laughs> come on. I'm gonna, well, I, I, I can't would've... even tell 
Princess Leia what my mission is because she's going to compromise it. Fucking blabbermouth Leia. Hell oh, yeah. It. No. Yeah. That's ridiculous. All around she the fucking rebel history. camp. Maybe you don't tell C-3PO. Princess Leia has a history of making fucking hologram videos that end up in the wrong hands all the time. You know what hologram videos are? That's fucking galactic Snapchat. That's what that is. That's some Twitter movie pictures. Truth. That shit can be seen by the wrong people. It can get you fired from a job, Paul. How many people have seen that fucking video that she made? All the way down to Sergeant if the wrong hologram video ends up in the wrong droid. Matt, I get where you're coming from. Thank you. And you're right. I am looking at the negatives, but that. But like I say, in but the there post, are there ne- aren't necessarily negatives. You're man, assuming we interrupt each other a lot. You're assuming there are negatives. Like Nancy well, we, Grace. well, we right. do. So let's get over it. We all. What are we doing? Tell them what we do. Wait, let me just tell you what we do. We interrupt each other all the fucking time. So let's quit talking about. It. Let's just interrupt each other. Let's no, Matt. It. No, you're right. You're right about the negatives and the positives, and even in the post. You know, I say, and I've said multiple times tonight and in the post, that episode 8 could rectify all of this. It could. You know, there's, there could be a very good reason why he's gone. But the way I like, the way I prefer my heroes, not just Luke Skywalker, but Superman. Yeah, yeah, I know. Green Lantern. We all. Everyone. Like, the way I want my heroes to act is not, the way it's presented is Luke's sad and that's another assumption. He needs to go. That's another assumption. He needs to go hide. Again, all we know is that he maybe went looking for a temple, and that he went. Nobody knows where he is. That's all we know. You saying that he was sad is another assumption. Why else would he leave? If he, wasn't I don't know. But fucking butthurt because he got his ass. Kicked. I don't know. Maybe he was. Real heroes for, don't get butthurt when they get their ass Maybe he was kicked. waiting. Like his two mentors before him, for the force to reach out and and send a message to him, which obviously happens at the end of the movie in Ray coming to find him. But that's some. That's such bullshit. That's it's like, not bullshit. That, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, that, Empire Strikes Back. It was total nonsense and bullshit. Total bullshit. Your favorite movie in the world, Empire Strikes Back. It's bullshit. No, your point about just waiting for things to happen, that's like people waiting for God to send them a message to quit this job Very or good, leave Paul. this relationship. You're starting to get it. Right. It's bullshit because there it's is no Star God. Wars is. There is no pushing force behind everything. You sound like you fucking Han Solo from episode four. Maybe after you see episode 8, you'll sound a little more like episode 7, Han Solo. But right now, you're the 35-year-old cocky smuggler. It's okay. You'll get there. No. You'll learn. Obi-Wan was not waiting for something. Well, Obi-Wan had Obi-Wan had to wait because he was by himself. He had no help. He was, you know, I'm going to make sure Luke grows upright. I'm going to make sure he lives and he survives. And so it. so what happens whenever he lives and survives? So he can com- he can become they the Jedi that they need, the young, powerful Jedi that they need. So yeah, me yeah. keeping him alive is vital to the entire plan. But then you're right, and then it, but then it shows up, and Obi Wan's like, "Oh fuck!" Because his now hand, we, because his fucking hand is fucking done. I don't give a you shit, bitch. His hand is fucking forced, right? Because at that point he's like, "Oh fuck, we might have a chance now." But at no point do I believe in that. And all the time before that, was he just hanging out? Like you know what? Someone's gonna send me. Why don't you believe that? Can I? Okay, so Paul, this is gonna kill your. This is gonna kill your argument. Just rationalization. Paul, this is gonna kill your argument, and then we can move on. You're gonna like this, Ian. 
in episode three, Yoda says, we're going to go into Doesn't hiding. Count. Stupid prequel. We're going to go into hiding and we're going to wait for the Force to tell us. Does he say that? Maybe not in those exact terms, but yes. He basically says something along those lines. And yes, I will bring it up to show you, to prove to you that, yeah, he said something like that. I trust you. After yeah, I, I do too. For 35 years, I thought, under the steps, Luke said Darth. Yeah. And he says never. Yeah, not, you've, you've proven your place enough. So, yeah, I, I believe that he says something. I, I will give you this. You could be right. And that maybe he did vanish for stupid reasons. That will be revealed in the next one. But to automatically put so much assumption and kind of like twisting it to be like almost factual is incorrect. I think that you need to uh, uh, like acknowledge what's come before in the previous Star Wars movies and understand the reasoning for like a character like Luke to disappear. Why are you smiling? You're smirking. Enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. Good. Paul, you talk a lot about heroes going away and not being the heroic stand-up type of heroes that you want. Who are you? I mean, you mentioned Green Lantern and Superman, but... Green Lantern like, had some didn't, issues, didn't Yeah, he? didn't Green Lantern have some real bad things happen oh. to him? Did he go totally crazy and wipe out the fucking Green Lantern Corps? Yeah. Did that not happen? Yeah. Is happened. that better than being I wasn't sad. happy about that either. But at least Hal Jordan was proactive while he was <laughs> in those throes of lunacy. <laughs> So you just like you're just a man of action. Yeah, you don't you don't Luke, like taking breaks. Looks like I'm gonna go make some peanut butter sandwiches and watch Fuck, that. another watch some Netflix another. for thirty years. Fuck thinking about things. <laughs> Fuck thinking it through. Just action all the time. <laughs> Didn't Superman just walk through America at some point? That I doesn't mean that either. He can fly. Why is he walking? I don't care if you like. <laughs> or not, but those are the two examples you brought up. One dude who wiped out his whole crew, and the other guy who just fucking walked across the country when he could fly! Right, but at the core of these characters, they are proactive characters. They take action. They don't stop. They you're, keep fighting. You're I'm not done talking! No, I don't care. <laughs> it's not, like, yeah, the writers do dumb stuff with them all the fucking time. They've been around forever, so yeah, writers are gonna do stupid shit. Green Lantern's been bad since Jeff Johns left. Argumentatively, Green Lantern's been bad since before Jeff Johns left. But at the heart of that character, he shouldn't be doing any of the shit Robert Venditti has him doing. And I disagree with Luke's standpoint of right now where, you know what? I gotta take care of some shit. I gotta dip. Some bad guys are gonna rise up. You're gonna have a hard time with them. Han's gonna get killed. I made your son a bad guy. But don't worry, I've got this in the end. Episode 8 might clear it all up. And I will come on this show and say, J.J., Ryan Johnson. Brian Johnson. You guys nailed it. Crushed it. I'm wrong. You guys are right. But until then, um, I, I want I want Luke to be the big hero, man. I understand. But you're still wrong now. I want you to understand that That's part. fine. What I'm going to say here would have worked. I can't if, fucking wait until episode eight when Ray's like, Luke, where have you been? And he's like... I've been real sad. Because I will fucking piss on both of you in the theater. But it's not going to happen. It's like, oh, Jedi Temple and blah, 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 and the Force, and I've been doing this the whole time. And then I'm going to have to be like, yeah, Eat I was shit. wrong, blah, blah, blah. I'm a dummy. 
If you would have let me interrupt you at the point that I wanted... <laughs> I'm fucking sick of interrupting tonight! <laughs> I would have been able to cast light on the fact that your assumption that Superman is a proactive character is fucking retarded. <laughs> Superman is the most reactive character. All he does is just save shit. He doesn't go out and do anything. Things happen, and he reacts to it. That's all that Superman does. You know what? Lois Lane falls off of Niagara Falls. He swoops in and fucking saves her. That's all Superman does. She's he doesn't a, proact shit. Because she's a dumb broad. Matt, you were going to say? <laughs> he built the Fortress of Solitude. But, well, but is technically that, a crystal built the Fortress of Solitude. He threw it. But that's... He did. I mean, that's here's, carpentry. Well, that's not like... Here's the thing. Here's the thing with Superman. There's so much shit happening all the time. He doesn't have a chance to be proactive. Because he's constantly that, forced into being reactive. Actually... Because he's one of few heroes that can be reactive every minute of the day. This is a totally like weird segue, but you said, oh, that's carpentry. That makes me think. We who said that's carpentry? You? I I did. Yeah, yeah. and that I'm makes dumb dumb listening to this guy. That makes me think. Superman's been around since the thirties. Crystal carpentry? 30s. Is that a thing? Since the thirties. And then I was like, carpentry. I wonder if that's like one of his hobbies. And then I was like, do we know a single one of like Clark Kent's interests, like any of his hobbies or interests, like as a character? I don't think we do. He well, I mean, he played football. At Smallville? He likes football. I, I think, right? Or He likes football. He likes literature. He's okay. a writer. Okay. He likes reading. Does he like that, or is that just a ruse to get into the action so he can react to it? You no, know, he's, he's genuinely a fan of writing and literature. Okay. What we here at the McSauce Comic Book Podcast have been reacting to lately is Marvel's dismissal of the Fantastic Four as a force in the Marvel comic book universe. I like how we have to segregate these things now. The Marvel Cinematic U, the Marvel That's comic in, book U. Today of all fucking days! The new Marvel U, the all new Marvel U. I know, did you notice how the comic books have to drink out of a separate water uh, <laughs> water fountain than the how movies? How dare they? It's, it's a, yeah, it says how comics and the whites or something. <laughs> Black Panther was like, I will not sit in the back of the bus! So, Marvel has essentially, effectively banished the Fantastic Four from the comic book universe. To the back of the comic book bus. Now, is is Marvel doing this because they're butthurt that they don't have the Fantastic Four in their stable of cinematic characters? Or is this something that they're really doing to effectively push storytelling forward? Paul, why don't you go so that way Ian can interrupt. I don't think it's an issue about being butthurt about Fox having Fantastic Four. I think it's I think it's genuinely coming from a place of Fantastic Four books haven't been selling. We've done everything under the sun to sell Fantastic Four books, even putting the weird girl in the thing suit on the team and nothing's working. Who would have thought that would be the answer? Mike Allred on art. Everyone likes Mike Allred. Still didn't work. So I, I feel like Marvel's thrown everything they could at Fantastic Four proper yeah. to make it work. Yeah. The sales numbers haven't made it there. So at this point, they're like, you know what? We can find a home for Johnny Storm. We can find a home for Ben Grimm. 
But the rest of them, we're going to put them on the shelf for a while. You want to know what's worked in the last 20 years for the Fantastic Four? Lasted about a year and a half, and it was Marvel Knights 4, written by Mark Miller and drawn by Steve McNiven. That worked. Do that again. Get high-caliber talent, tell darker stories that aren't quite as steeped in, like, inner dimensions and outer space, and you'll have something. And they haven't fucking recreated that. They put Hickman on it for five years or something. Uh, does anybody like uh, Hickman as a writer? I can't stand him. He's way he too bores me to death. I really liked Secret Wars. He wrote Secret Wars. His stuff... Well, he, was he one of many writers, or was he... He the, was the writer of Secret Wars proper, and it was really good. In fairness, Secret Wars was almost its own completely different thing in a completely different universe <sighs> oh, that he built yeah, from the ground yeah, up. Uh, uh, but... but by the time Secret Wars rolls around, he's been on Fantastic Four for five years, and this was his cap to his entire arc. Yeah, it's like Hickman's kingdom that he built from <clears throat> from just nothingness. Right, and Tom Brevoort, Marvel editor, you know, states that Secret Wars is the last Fantastic Four story. And it is, and that's how it reads. By the time you get to issue nine, it's Doom versus Reed. It's Fantastic Four at its core. And reading this last issue, I'm like, why the fuck isn't this book working? You have such dynamic characters in this in this family of characters, including, you know, the good guys and the bad guys. Like, why isn't this book a better seller? Like, I would buy this book if it was, like, Secret Wars number nine. Because they're not making that shit. They're making... You can only tell the last Fantastic Four story once. That's why that had such impact. That's why the stakes were so high because people were dying. Things I don't were think going that you away. Need, but Ian, but but, but, but it uh, wasn't just. Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> you don't like interrupting. Oh wait a second! I'm not the only one that's interrupting. But it wasn't about being the. I'm gonna keep going. But it wasn't about the last story. It wasn't about it being the last story. It was about the dynamic that was written between Doom and Reed. That could happen any in any time right. of someone's run. Right. And the, the stakes don't have to be higher for the story to be interesting. I mean, we've established that. That's why I pieced out of Supernatural, because like it felt like the only way that those creators felt like they could push that series forward was by raising the stakes, not raising the quality of the storytelling. Well, no, Supernatural took it to the ultimate stakes and then continued it for series for years afterwards they had a fight between heaven and hell sure yeah and armageddon and then they're like oh well we still have like seven more years of storytelling and it's difficult to take it back after that but that's um, comics as a whole well and and there are i mean matt pointed to one fantastic four arc that he really liked uh, Mark Millar and Brian Everyone Hitch. Everyone like that. I mean, that's what put Steve McNiven on the map in the comic book world, and it was, it was, a fresh, a breath of fresh air for the Fantastic Four. You know, like it, it suddenly appeals to more than your nostalgic freaks or um, you know just fans in general that like that like space kind of like different dimension nonsense. Like all of a sudden. It's appealing to a broader audience. Like, just like the new Star Trek films. They realized that they could keep doing what they're doing and make kind of nerdy movies that have shitty special effects. 
or they could try to breathe some life and energy and excitement into it and do stuff a little differently than they usually do and boom all of a sudden you have a raging success like it's not that hard to figure out like you know the fantastic four was based on a formula from the like early 60s that doesn't translate all that well necessarily to 2016 but the themes of family and Doom being their main villain who has um, just a vendetta against Reed and his genius. I mean, those things translate throughout the years. Right. They worked really well in the new Fantastic Four movie. Okay. (laughs) Well, they could have worked. I mean, they didn't really write it. It was bad writing, bad everything. Bad everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. There There are a lot of arcs that you can point to recently that yeah. that have worked i i was gonna say uh mark millar again and brian hitch had a probably year or two span of uh of a run on fantastic fantastic four that was really really interesting that i really enjoyed as well i don't know why they they can't sustain that they are great characters they're interesting characters do you think the interdimensional stuff doesn't hold with what current audiences want to see i I think it's kind of still in like yes and no current Um, audiences wheelhouse i feel like it gets a little kind of silly and zany which in the 60s there was i think an audience for it but today you know half a century later not so much um the flying car thing is just kind of kind of goofy like the flying convertible car it just Go back and reread Marvel Knights 4, and and it's just a totally different way of telling a Fantastic Four story, and it was so good. I don't even remember it. All I remember was I loved it, and I loved the artwork. I'm trying to remember. There was also... While I I was off to the bathroom, did we talk about the Wade Waringo run? That's that's who I was thinking of. Uh, Mark Wade and And Mike Waringo. Waringo. The late Mike Waringo. The late, great Mike Waringo, who passed away sadly at like 40 years old from a heart attack. I feel like it was right after his run on Fantastic Four, and he did a really great run um, where they immediately rewrote all of the things that Mark Wade had established in I think it was maybe a year, maybe two year run on Fantastic Four. Um, I don't know why Marvel feels the need to step in and do stuff like that, where the audience is there, they're enjoying the story. Some things happened with Reed. Reed got um, fused. Something happened where half of Reed's face was deformed and he was fused with some, some interdimensional shit or something. And then the next issue, they're like, oh, well, none of that really happened, and it's fine. Everything's yeah, what fine. What I remember most from the Wade, or, Wade or, or Ringo run was that when the arc kicks off, they're dealing with the public persona of the Fantastic Four, and they're bringing in, like, a PR agent, and they have to deal with all this other stuff. And that kind of angle to the story of the Fantastic Four works so well in this day and age of the Hawkeye type storytelling and the Black Canary type storytelling where it's, hey, you've got a superhero, but they're doing normal stuff. You know, like, why don't we put some goofy indie artist on Fantastic Four, give them a good writer, and then we could have the... Who did the latest Hawkeye run? 
the art a fraction david asia yeah, a fraction and asia then we could have that but with fantastic four and we don't need to kick them out of the universe because those books aren't selling so do you think that we had like marvel did not exhaust all of its options or we're we keep saying well they keep trying all these different things but they're not doing the right things with them i don't know enough about the history over the last five years what matt said it's been hickman's book for five years now into secret wars and now they're out well, and Hickman's been running Fantastic Four and the spinoff FF, which, which is about the, the Future, Foundation, Future Foundation, which is like the but, kids. But and, yeah, but those goofy kids, like, they're gone too. Yeah. They go with Reed and Sue and Valeria oh, and Franklin. They're off building universes. So maybe when the they're Fantastic Four comes back, if they ever come back, we don't know because comic books, usually things stay permanently well, in place. Um, so when Dead is dead. Dead is dead in comics. But if they ever come back, hopefully those stupid FF kids stay wherever the fuck they went. The way editor Tom Brevoort, Brevoort uh, frames it is that, yeah, we're definitely going to bring them back. But we don't know when. We don't know when. There's no timetable. What? Hell, I'm sure they'll be back sometime. Maybe. Probably. And he's like, well, yeah, remember when we didn't have Thor for a while, but then we brought him back with... Jam with J. Michael Straczynski and Olivier Koipel and that book did great because we didn't have Thor for a while and then fans remembered how much they loved Thor so they embraced it but right. it wasn't coupled with all the weirdness that right. is hovering over Marvel and their movies and the corporate stuff and the very clear and blatant attempts to erase Fantastic Four from the Marvel offices yeah, this the feels- same thing that's happening with X-Men but X-Men are, are just they're too popular and too successful for them to erase them. Right, and and on one hand, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I totally get that. You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, but you're not getting rid of the Fantastic Four. You're getting rid of Reed and Sue. Johnny and Ben are still big parts of the Marvel U. The kids in the Future Foundation don't count. They're not, they don't really exist. But, like, you're essentially saying, Reed and Sue, you're not interesting enough characters you're out of here but i think those two characters are more interesting than half the shit they're throwing at the wall right now like i will read a sue solo book any day of the week before i will pick up squirrel girl (laughs) but squirrel girl has the young hip indie audience vibe oh everyone loves this fucking pathetic (laughs) shit character but we're gonna give. But isn't it so you, fun? Squirrel yeah, is in her yeah, name, and she's a girl. Excited? It's Squirrel Girl, and it kind of rhymes. But we're gonna give you a an advanced woman who's intelligent and who's strong and who has a real power and who can actually affect change in the Marvel universe. Ah, have her go off and build some universes. That's good enough for her. It's fucking bullshit. You're gonna give me fucking horseshit, and you're gonna send two of the greatest characters in your universe off to fucking do construction <laughs> in the multiverse of the Marvel U. Uh, we call it carpentry. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> we call that a callback. The real sad thing about that is that one of Marvel's greatest villains gets put on the bench whenever Reed isn't around. Oh! Slow your roll, son. Doctor Doom is not on the bench. Doctor Doom is in the current Marvel Universe. He's... Because... Reed and Sue have compassion when they're rebuilding, rebuilding the Marvel U. And they're like, you know what, Victor Von Doom? You deserve a place in there. We're going to fix your face. You don't need that mask. 
and you're going to get back in the game, and we believe you can do good. Don't so, you... Dooms, he's in. Well, he's in. What, what I'm saying is when you do all those things, don't, don't you think that takes a little off his fastball whenever he has a pristine face and he doesn't have his arch nemesis? I mean, that's Reed is the catalyst to Doom essentially going crazy and lusting for power and trying to be the better scientist and the greater scientist. It's Reed. That's yeah. his... That's his I mean, he's a great villain in the Marvel Universe. He does a lot of bad stuff. He's He looks awesome, all those things. But the reason why he's a bad guy is tied into Reed Richards. But you know what? He can rival Tony Stark. You know why? Because everyone loves Robert Downey Jr. Who needs... Who needs Yoan Grufford or Miles Teller? We've got Robert Downey Jr. And like... Well, that know. would work if the comics were the movies. But this is well, yeah, segregation-style Marvel comics. Yeah, but that's what's going to happen now. Like, he's going to... Who, well, who are the well, biggest brains in the Marvel U? It's Doctor Doom, Tony. Reed's gone, so who else? T'Challa? But he's but Doctor Doom's not mad about Spider Man. Doctor Doom is not upset about people being smarter than him. He's mad that Reed beat him in he, he's he's upset about that. That is a Reed <coughs> Richards is his yeah. enemy. Oh, I know. Well yeah. well that's what makes him good, is that they're <laughs> arch nemesis. Oh, I'm, I totally get yeah. it. Like but yeah, you totally fucking take a ball out of his scrotum. When you throw him back into the universe without all the motivation that he's been in the universe for. Sure, Doctor Doom's still going to be arrogant. He's going to be in charge of a country. You know, he's going to think he's king shit. If you but, oh. like, he's not going to be king shit over the guy he really wants to be king shit over. It's like... So that's shitty storytelling, then. That's shitty world building, well, yeah, I agree with you. I'm just telling you what they're doing. Okay. Don't fight me. I'm not fighting we you. We fought just, enough in the first set. I'm just talking to you. This isn't a fight. Do you think that if you take Superman away from the DC Universe, Lex Luthor is just a shell of himself? Just a just a sad, sad villain with nobody, nobody yeah, to fight against. Because I mean, he's like... Who would Lex Luthor fight He's then? like, I, I guess I'll attack John Jones. He's an alien from a die from a dead planet that doesn't have the same ring right it's not no. the same thing no so, so it's Doctor Doom fighting Tony Stark like ah you're fucking smart yeah. it's it's, it's dumb, shitty but, like I, I don't I, I don't agree with it. I, I don't agree with it I read the entirety of Secret Wars it was great I feel like there are plenty of really good Fantastic Four stories with the the Fantastic Four the real ones not crazy chick in a thing suit or She-Hulk or whoever that bullshit is or any of the characters in the white and black suits, any of that garbage. Core Fantastic well, the, Four. The FF mainly was, it was the Fantastic Four plus Spider-Man because Johnny Storm was... Plus Spider-Man because everyone loves Spider-Man. Get him in every book we can. I'm surprised Wolverine wasn't in that book too. Well, there and is... Deadpool. Well, there, <laughs> there is precedence. He was he. Spider Man tried to sign up for the Fantastic Four, and then they're like, "Oh, we don't pay." And he's like, "I'm out of here." I, regardless of you know how any of that went down, I think there are ah plenty, comics history. Fuck all that nonsense. There are plenty of stories to be told with the core 
Fantastic Four characters and their villains. It doesn't need to be, you know, universe-ending stories. Like, there's a lot of just pathos in there, a lot of personal stories. They can be told if you get the right guy telling them. And it doesn't seem like Marvel wants any part of that, whether it's because they don't have the movie rights at this point or, you know, like, they just don't want to put the effort into it or it's easier to just throw shit at a Guardians book and have it work because people really like Bradley Cooper as fucking Rocket Raccoon. Do you get this? Fuck, fuck these guys. Fuck this company. Do you get the sense? <laughs> do you get the sense that Reed and Sue kind of going off into the distance and making new worlds is that kind of like getting sad and just quitting superheroing? Is that sort of in the Batman Luke Skywalker playbook of superheroing? He's, he's bringing it full circle, Paul. I don't think it's that way because... Because you're blaming is, the fucking company and not the hero no, for no, whatever we can, reason. No, we can focus on the hero. But in the in the story, I mean, creating universes, that's a pretty big deal. That's pretty big shit. So if... Saving if, your friends is big shit, too. But they already did that. They already created the new Marvel U. Everyone's fine. All the characters that sell high-numbered books... They're fine. They're all safe. Every Deadpool and Spider-Man and Squirrel Girl all, and Wolverine, all the, they're all safe. But racially and sexually ambiguously diverse characters, right. they're all okay. They're all safe. But the greater scheme, you know, like Reed Richards is tasked with creating the superstructure of an entire universe. So who who else in the Marvel Universe is going to be able to do that with such a big brain? Who else could no find one. a Jedi Temple? I mean, could Han Solo do it? Could Chewbacca do it? Could <laughs> I'm not discounting that Episode Eight will make any of my arguments invalid. I I expect it to, but we're not talking about Star Wars. We're talking about Marvel. We're, we're drawing parallels. Actually, actually, you guys were talking about Batman v Superman. Well, because we got to read. In fairness, Reed Richards is not a character that I look at as alpha hero. Oh. Like beta Do we hero? have to have a chart of alpha hero and beta <laughs> hero so we know who to rail against when they give up like a pussy? Reed, how dare you say Reed's giving up like a pussy? He's building, he's a god. He's a god amongst gods. He's building universes on top of universes. And yet he's not an alpha hero. No, that's something else. That's like fucking crazy. He's a that's god and he's building way, universes. That's a, that's but a, he's not alpha hero caliber. No, totally. He's way above that. <laughs> oh, he's above alpha oh, hero. What is that? Omega. Yeah, he's hero. omega hero. Alpha heroes don't create universes. What do they do? What do alpha heroes do? They just they're, they're just proactive and they just wreck shit. They're just fucking diesel, man. <laughs> The Bros Guide to <laughs> Superheroing by Paul McGinty. <laughs> All right, let's while we're talking while we're speaking of alpha heroes. Oh shit! On the level of alpha heroes, Superman and Batman. Right. This March, a short two months away, they're gonna fight. They are gonna for at fight. least half a movie. Probably about half a movie. Until they start fighting over some strange... There's so much the shit. third act. There's so much shit in this movie. I'm hoping it's a four-hour movie. Because I don't know how they're going to cram it all in. I hope it's two hours. 
and I cram everything in, and it's, it's an garbage. Hour, an hour just like everyone. I hope it's a quick 90 minutes, and I'm like, holy shit, I had a heart attack. It's a fucking Lifetime movie about a kidnapped daughter. What? Isn't that what Lifetime movies are about? Men are the bad guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kidnap yeah. and they rape, and then... Well, usually it's more went. like domestic violence. Kidnapping and raping is more like HBO kind of stuff. All right. So maybe this will be like a domestic violence Lifetime movie. And it'll be over in a quick. Nine, well, based on minutes. based on the two new clips, including they, tra- including trailers, there have been a couple new. I clips. want my money back. There have been a couple new clips they released. Uh, one premiered on Conan O'Brien when Zack Snyder was on, which was pretty cool. I like that these late night talk show guys are getting not just the actors, but they're starting to get the directors and the writers and things like that. Like they're recognizing their celebrity, which is pretty cool. So Zack Snyder's on Conan O'Brien. He shows a clip of uh, Batman uh, having had his Batmobile crashed into, I don't know what that is, like some kind of gas station or something. Gotham gas. Gotham gas. Gotham by Gaslight. Gotham City gas. Good story by Mike Vignola. You know what that's about, Ian? Old time in Gotham back in the 1800s, is that right? That's right. It's sort of like a uh, Sherlock Holmes-ish kind of Yeah, wasn't band. he going after Jack the Ripper? I believe. I, I think so, right? Yeah, he failed because he's not an alpha hero. So in the clip, Batman crashes, Superman rips off the, the top of the, of the Batmobile in two pieces. And like we saw in the trailer, Batman stands up unintimidated by the fact that Superman could, before Batman can even react, rip his entire head off of his body, but he stands up to him like he's nothing. And they have that confrontation. Pretty cool stuff. Do you guys agree? I like the uh, extended version from the Conan show, like the dialogue back and forth. Yeah. Where um, Superman is just kind of telling him to Superman is back the fuck off. Yeah, he is unamused <clears throat> by Batman. You He's... would think that him essentially sticking his foot out and tripping Batman's Batmobile <laughs> and then totally fucking it up would send the message. This leads me to believe that Ben Affleck's Batman is totally fucking crazy. That's not what happens. Mm. He doesn't trip the Batmobile. It looks like he tripped Batman the Batmobile. Batman's like... I'm just gonna fucking run this dude over. I feel like he tripped. And he it. just crashes that shit into Superman, and then he spins off into Gotham Gas. Cause you can't fucking wreck a car in a Superman, you dummy. He's Superman. He's an alpha hero. He's not Luke Skywalker. He's a real hero. It's a callback. Yeah, I know. I don't. You know, I I don't. I didn't find anything wrong with either of these trailers. I don't like. Is Superman an alpha hero? He let his dad die. That version of Superman let his dad die. That's the most unproactive thing that you could possibly do. Are we specifically talking? We are specifically talking about the man right now. Yes, that's what we're talking about. Is he an alpha hero or not? I feel like he's. Yeah, he is because we haven't seen the alpha chapter of his heroism yet. Ah, like episode eight. (laughs) Fuck you, episode. Eight. <laughs> we saw Luke Skywalker in the movie. Fucking point, we saw man. Save his boys twice in Jedi. That dude's an alpha hero. He should still be an alpha hero. We're seeing, we're seeing Clark Kent in fucking 
a new hope at this point. He's like, oh, fuck, I don't know how to use these powers. I'm fucking just getting used to them. Maybe early Empire Strikes Back. We haven't seen Alpha Superman yet. I don't know. He broke Zod's neck to save a family. Like Super Alpha. He went all the way to the edge, potentially crossed it just to save lives. Right, panic, just to get it, just because he didn't know what else to do. That's Alpha shit. He didn't know what else to do. That, I'm saying that's Alpha Hero level. That's he's not, already. That's not Alpha Hero. No, he's not Alpha Hero yet. He's still learning. By the time we get to Batman v Superman, we're gonna get a little more of the Superman we're used to, which is why he doesn't snap Bruce Wayne's neck the second they meet. That's what an Alpha would do. He would take action no, instead of. That's not just... what an Alpha would do. No, no. What would an Alpha what do? What would an Alpha do? An Alpha does what it, exactly what Superman does. He's so, like. You are a piece of shit. You're not worth my time. Yeah, I bleed. What the fuck ever. I'm out of here. He never answered him. Because he doesn't need to. He's Remember, a fucking moron in the trailer. In the trailer, Batman says, do you bleed? And he looks back over his shoulder and he gives him the dirtiest I look. I love it. I it's love it. complete disgust. Like, you fucking motherfucker. You even talk to me in your stupid costume. Yeah. That, all that look says is, you piece of shit you see that signal you piece of shit don't come back hey, here hey you piece of shit turn your fucking light off <laughs> so superman flies away and then batman says you will and he's like furious like he can't wait till he sees superman again i think it's actually a great trailer and it like totally builds excitement and it, it gets me jazzed again to see the movie after kind of that debacle of a trailer that we got um I believe that the trailer was the problem, not necessarily what the movie's going to deliver, because seeing a clip in context was way more satisfying than that weirdly cut trailer, because that was a fucking bizarrely cut trailer. I think a lot of us are spoiled by, and uh, as I mentioned before, Star Wars kind of withholding, just being so reserved and holding all the details back. that I guess that is not the norm. Star Wars is is one of a kind, and every other movie trailer kind of leads you along and tells you exactly what the movie's going to be. So right. I guess maybe it's too harsh to judge Batman v Superman against Star Wars yeah, at but, this point. And that said, I believe Batman Superman is coming from a different place than Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars didn't have to show anything. They could have been like, hey. Here's a little bit of space battle. This is coming out. Everyone's going to go see it. Batman v Superman. I mean, all you have to do is put that title up there. And I it almost would have been better if they had shown nothing. Yeah, but Batman Superman is also coming from a place that has had no success in the movie-making business or the world-making business. Wait, wait, what? Man of Steel made money. The Dark Knight trilogy, like... Yeah, but Dark Knight trilogy is separate from actual yeah, superhero to, movies. To your average fan, they had a positive experience seeing Batman in the movie theater. They don't give a shit that this is a reboot of the Batman character. They love Batman. They, they weren't left with a sour taste. Yeah, and to the fans that think the Chris Nolan Batman movies are good... They couldn't tell you which heroes are Marvel and which ones are DC. They just think, but they also Batman's badass. But that's true. But I mean, that's also what's going to get them into the theater. I mean, just the word Batman is going to get them there, right? But DC 
in Warner Brothers know the history of Batman, of Superman, of their movies. They know the first two Supermans were great, and the second two were shit. First two Batmans were pretty good. Second two were pretty rough. Like, Warner Brothers knows their history. And Warner Brothers knows their history in bringing all of this together in comparison to the Marvel Universe that has done things flawlessly. Well, well what are you saying, though? Like, you, you're saying that Warner Brothers purposely put out... I'm saying spoiler, Warner Brothers is smarter than the general fan. So they decided to put out a spoiler-filled trailer, yeah. So that they could educate the fan. Yeah, Do you think right. that? Well, I you. I think you're not going to get I think any the general fan is that dumb. Yes, you're not going to get any more people in the theater by spoiling Doomsday. But you're but, you're not. Nobody's going to see Doomsday. Dumb fan or not, is going to see Doomsday and say, oh, well, now I absolutely have to go see this movie. Right. They already were hooked. Right, but the comparison you made was between Star Wars not telling us anything right. to DC telling us everything. Because Star Wars doesn't need to tell us anything. Star Wars has such a good track record, not between me and you, you who feel non-prequel fans, but in general... Star Wars caters to a big audience. But uh, even Man of Steel, yeah, Man of Steel did good numbers, but critically, Man of Steel gets shit on all the fucking time. So DC has more of an uphill battle to climb. They need to tell the audience more. They need to fill the audience in more. They need to say, hey, guess what? Wonder Woman's in this too. I can't believe you're disagreeing with me. Maybe Wonder Woman, but I don't think that they need to give us that Zod is going to become Doomsday in the trailer. You don't need to give us that. that. We don't, but we don't know that. We assume. We absolutely know that. We, we absolutely know that. We don't know that. We assume that. Man of Steel actually was very polarizing. 56% of critics liked it, um, which on Rotten Tomatoes gets a Rotten Tomato icon. And not the the lush, ripe, beautiful right. red and tomato. Rotten Tomatoes icon. is one site. It's not the definitive site for how a movie how movies view. It's, it's how we it's how we at the McDonald's comic book podcast judge movies. Well, it okay. is in fairness. In fairness, when we're shitting on the prequels, we use Rotten Tomatoes. No, when I shit on the prequels, it's because I don't like them. Because I think there's a lot of shit wrong with them. We have also yeah. used Rotten Tomatoes to prop yeah, up our I know arguments. the prequels make a lot of money, Wait. blah, blah, blah. They're, this that is, doesn't matter. This has nothing to do with Star Wars. Paul, you said critically it was shit on. It I'm, is shit on. How many I, people I, I, do you I, I, know personally that think Man of Steel is a good movie? You know me. Who else? Critically. Do you know what critically means? But that's what I'm talking. That's what I'm saying. But no, you're, you're a not fan. saying but that. You're, a you're fan. saying You're people. not a critic. You're a fan. Criti- do you know what critically means? Yeah. What I know what critically Tell means. Tell us. It means me because I'm a critic. No, you're a fan, asshole. You're a fan. You don't get paid. You don't have a job doing this. We don't you're, get paid for this. You are the We're audience. Not critics. We're critics. We're fans. My point about Man of Steel is that it's split. Yes, it's split. But, but how many people do you know personally love that movie? Like that movie? Anyone you know is like meh. Man of Steel wasn't that good, except me. I'm the only one that fucking likes it. Oh, he thinks you it's like okay. it too. I like it. My friend Jeff liked it. My friend Tom liked it. What? What? I'm talking about comic book fans that I know. I mean, like, I don't know a shitload of comic book fans that see every comic book movie. I thought that's all that we knew. Those are the only people I associate with 
They're not. They're not in it like we're in it. I'm talking people like us. <clears throat> What's your point? My point is, you said the movie was critically shit on. I'm telling you, the 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 split critically is fifty six percent. It's very very split. All right, you're right. The critical split is split. Yeah. But when you talk to fans, when well, you talk to comic fans, your random guy at Phantom of the Attic. They're not going to talk favorably. Phantom about of the Attic comic book store in uh, lovely Monroeville, in Monroeville Pennsylvania. PA. Or now, even New Dimension Comics in now, West Paul, Michigan, I, PA. I know that you're not a big fan of Rotten Tomatoes, even though it takes the average of like all the critical um, reviews and everything. User score is actually 76%. It's pretty high. I mean, it's. I don't think it's quite as lauded as you think it is. It may not be, but in my corner of the of fandom, seventy six is way higher. You're fighting than that uphill battle because you're very sensitive to it, like to people criticizing it. So I feel like you feel like it's a little bit like the deck stacked against it when maybe in reality it's not quite as bad as you think it is. Just saying. I disagree. But you still think that Warner Brothers needed to hold the hands of the viewing audience and guide them down the path with everything step by step that's going to happen in that film. Yeah, I'm not saying I disagree that, with. That. I'm not saying that's right. I don't think that I'm not saying that was the right move. I but think I, I feel like but Warner Brothers doesn't have like Warner Brothers is the, the the greater company. They don't fucking know. I feel like if if it was up to Zack Snyder, it'd be like just do this but the greater companies like we've put a lot of money into this we lost a lot of money on a lot of shit we're gonna just just put it all out there let people have it and see what happens i think that they would have done more justice to this film by own almost only having batman and superman in it and have you know people have a an awareness that Wonder Woman's going to make an appearance and we're going to have Lex Luthor and have some a little bit of that, a little taste here and there. But you don't need... We know that Wonder Woman jumps in and saves Superman and Batman at some point. We already know this. I agree with you. 100 and 1,000%. Wouldn't that have been nice for us to be surprised yeah. with that in the theater? Yeah, it fucking would have been. But the Warner Brothers isn't dealing with you and me. The subtle viewer. The Warner the, the Brothers is dealing with the fucking dummies that think Dark Knight Rises was a good movie. That they need to pull all this shit together. They don't understand. Marvel's doing so well. We're way behind. We need to push all this shit out there. Just throw it out there. Make it happen. Warner Brothers yeah. doesn't fucking get it. And they're making the decisions. It's not about Zack Snyder's creative license on this. It's a it's what Warner Brothers wants. And yeah, I agree with you. It should be way more subtle. All this movie needs is Batman and v versus Superman. Superman. It didn't even need the fucking S. Right. Because those names are big enough culturally, worldwide. Everyone knows those names. That's all you need. But Warner Brothers is a fucking shit show. They've been a shit show forever. They're going to be a shit show forever. They're going to mess things up. They're going to fuck things up forever. And they're fucking things up right now. That's what Warner Brothers does. How bad did they fuck up The Dark Knight? They didn't because they still let Chris Nolan 
Okay. Because Batman Begins did well enough that they let Chris Nolan have his say. And that worked for that movie. Zack Snyder they has no say? Chris Nolan have more? No. Because Zack Snyder doesn't have say. Because Man of Steel did mediocre... I feel like Zack Snyder has a lot of say, especially since Chris Nolan has kind of bailed out on being the steward of the new DC Universe. And isn't that thrust upon Zack Snyder Zack now? Snyder has, so he has a lot of say. Zack Snyder has visual say. He's got a handful of creative say. Visuals. But there's a lot of fucking cooks in that kitchen. You don't think... Like, even guys like Jeff Johns there are, a lot of are co- getting pulled as to what happens in that movie. There are a lot of cooks in the kitchen for the Dark Knight trailer, and we didn't know exactly what fucking happened in that movie. We knew that the Joker was going to be in it, and that was fucking it. And that's all that we needed. That was Batman v. Joker. And that's all we needed. What's changed in between then and now? Because now we need to catch up to the Marvel machine. Because Marvel's fucking movie cinema gods at this but point. But Marvel's not we doing that catch same up. stuff. Too sweet. You can't catch up like that, though. But Warner Brothers doesn't know that. That's what I'm saying. Warner Brothers are dummies. They don't know how to do this properly. So now they're just fucking shooting their loads. Do you really think that that's why they're doing it? Yes! Absolutely! They're trying to catch Marvel. It's a, the competition in the marketplace. It's about the fucking money that's being spent. It's not about the who, who we think is you know the the hardier antagonist or the alpha hero. It's about who's gonna bring more fucking money in. And Marvel's the fucking benchmark at this point, and they need to compete with that. So Warner Brothers is losing their shit. I'm sure if it was up to Zack but Snyder, he'd be like, "Look, dudes, all we need are the names. Everyone knows these names. No one knew Iron Man until Iron Man came out, but everyone knows Batman and Superman." Let's just let's just let it ride. But some fucking numb nuts at Warner Brothers were like, "Oh, let's say everything. Nobody knows. We're all morons. They're all morons. Everyone's morons." Fuck! I hate being a DC fan. It's infuriating. I hate it. <laughs> oh, I wish I was a Marvel guy. It's so easy. Is Chris it Hemsworth's easy? abs are so sexy. Is it super easy? Groot's so cute. Look at him dance at the end of that movie. Didn't we just talk? Didn't we spend like three hours talking about how we absolutely hate everything that Marvel's done with our precious, right. beloved you're, characters? Yeah, you're right. So let me rephrase. I wish I was a Marvel zombie. Well, then whatever Marvel does, if they came in my face, I'd be like, mmm, delicious cum. You're just a hate zombie. Yeah, you are a hate zombie. <laughs> Fuck it, both of you guys. <laughs> I've got legitimate reasons to be upset about everything that I'm upset about. Mm. What? Go ahead. Bring it. Been bringing it all night. Luke Skywalker? I've got legitimate concerns about Luke Skywalker. And I've admitted which, which that are, could be turned around which in are, episode 8. Which are fine, but they all fly in the face of the things that you're bringing up with the Batman and with the Man of Steel franchise. It's all the same problems. With that franchise no. that you're not seeing because you you are, in fact, indeed a DC zombie. No. The Luke Skywalker problems. The first, the, if the you Lu- admit it, that's the first step. That's all I'm saying. The Luke Skywalker problems. I, turn, I don't fucking care how long we're going. Turn that fucking shit around. You got Inside baseball, everybody. Oh. Look, the Luke Skywalker problems are character problems. They're writing problems, script problems. 
But they're, the, they're but, actually oh, not. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold your fucking horses. But the DC problems are greater company problems. I don't have a problem with how Zack Snyder or... Oh, what the fuck is that guy's name that was writing on Lost? The you, mean the, guy. you mean the guy that you hate? Uh, David Goyer. David Goyer. I don't have a problem with the way Zack Snyder and David Goyer are writing Superman or where they're taking that character. I think they're doing a great job with that character. It's the way the movies are being promoted and produced that I have a problem with. Those are two very separate hatreds. So it's the not per, the same. The promotion and the, the production of the movies isn't doesn't the production of the movie dovetail with what the actual movie ends up being? Warner Brothers is not doing any favors to David Goyer or Zack Snyder or their vision for this franchise. That's totally separate from what the writers of the Star Wars movies are doing with Luke Skywalker. I think the writers are doing great on Batman and Superman. Keep it going. You're doing everything I want. This is what I want to see. But Warner Brothers likes to get their fucking fingers on everything. They like to get involved. They like to, you know, oh, we don't really trust what you're doing. You know, we're going to, we want to do all this other shit. And that's what Warner Brothers does. It's two separate things. What other things have Warner Brothers meddled with? Like, what did, what did they change around about the Man of Steel that you didn't like? From the marketing standpoint. It, it's not about what they've done with Man of Steel. It's what it's how they handled the David Goyer Flash script that was going to come out years ago that had everything fans wanted about the Flash. Did you read it? And then they trashed it. There's enough online about it that it's what DC fans would have enjoyed. Same with a Wonder Woman movie from everyone's favorite writer, Joss Whedon. Woo! And Warner Brothers shot it down because it wasn't what Warner Brothers believed what is what the market wanted. But, like, Warner doesn't fucking get it. They still don't get it? They, they made one movie that you really enjoyed. Right. But I feel Which like... Which just so happens to be the last one. So maybe they kind of know yeah, what they're doing. And may, right. And maybe they do it now. Which is why I'm still semi-excited about Batman v Superman even though fans keep shitting on that fucking shit and it take, it's taking some of my enjoyment fans, out of this movie out of it fans you, keep shitting on that fucking shit do you feel it's fans in Twitterverse and Instagram land that are doing that or is it just your own eyes and seeing things spoiled for you because I know that you... I watched you watch that trailer and you're like, oh man, uh, you were not super impressed with it. You weren't over the fucking moon. You were like, ah, oh, that's, that's, it's alright. It's yeah. alright. You weren't all that right. hyped. And the, the, it's larger, not the, larger the fans. trailer... Right, the larger trailer where they introduced Doomsday and they force feed us a lot of stuff. Right. And I've admitted in other shows they could have... Go done back in the catalog, right. folks. They done iTunes. Where can they find those old episodes, Ian? You can find the old episodes at mcsaucepodcast.lipson.com. They could have right. done that better. But ultimately, I like where this is going because I like these characters. So, yeah, I don't like the do you bleed, you will. I think that's super fucking dumb. Super stupid. That's your precious David Goyer. Mm, I know. But the way Superman turns around and looks at him, he's like, you fucking piece of shit. 
you're not worth the fucking shit on my shoe. And then he fucking flies away. I'm like, that's what I want to see. You're going to be really upset whenever Batman beats Superman because that's what the fans and Warner Brothers wants. I know. I know it. And, you know, you attacked me a couple minutes ago for looking online and blah, blah, blah. And I'll have you know, I follow a lot of differing opinions on Twitter. A lot of differing opinions online. People I don't like to follow, but I do anyway to get a fair and balanced view of what fandom is saying. I never said that you don't follow balanced. Right. You you know, a lot say, of different you people. You didn't say that explicitly. But, but you, no, no, no. This saying? is. I'll tell you what I'm saying tell right here. Saying. I'll tell you what tell I'm me. saying right here because I'm going to interrupt you because I know you for fucking however many years we've known each. Like how many years have we known each other? A long fucking time. We are legally married. And I know that you're very sensitive, and all you take out of it is you the know negative why? stuff. Because that's the pot calling the kettle black. I guess so. When when Mark Wade is talking about Man of Steel, and he has some negative things, even though they're pulling from the story that he wrote, and he has some negative things to say, you're upset about it. I know. I know you are. Yeah. Because I know you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> But the way you presented that earlier was that, like, my point of view is not coming from a place of subjectivity. That it's coming from a place of objectivity, and I'm not. Like, I'm seeing a lot of different shit from a lot of different places. I'm saying and that it's, it's coming from an emotional place, because I that's, that is what you do. Right. And my opinion is coming from an emotional place. But my information is coming from the widespread the world wide nerd. web right now i've noticed on uh, websites like comingsoon.net or even on youtube in the comment sections you see a lot of negativity however you could go to any video for any fucking thing and look at the comments under it and there's so much negativity it could be a trailer for anything and you're going to have these little internet bitches saying negative things about stuff and that's just what the internet is Welcome to the world that we live in. You're just going to have to ignore that nonsense. The movie's going to do great. It's going to be really good. Even though they're probably, they probably are going to cram too much into it. I bet you it's going to be about a three-hour movie. And I bet you we're all going to enjoy it. And by the way, I like the line, Do you bleed, you will. I think that's awesome. Because it it's so like foreshadowing to this inevitable fight that up to that point in the movie clearly it hasn't happened yet and the movie's called Batman v Superman we cannot wait to see these two go at it and just to see Batman unflinchingly talk shit to Superman's face without having body armor on or a kryptonite you know necklace on or whatever he is just like ready to go that's exciting to me I think that's so cool I don't know why you have a problem with that, Paul. I think it's awesome. I think it's exciting. He doesn't like Batman's cockiness in the face of supreme power. And, and here's what I think is going to happen. I think Batman's going to lose. <laughs> I think Superman's going to beat Batman. Well, he fucking should. There's no reason Batman should even come close to winning. You sound like you're crying. The, the one thing that's... Because it's so fucking ridiculous. I am crying. It's the one, ridiculous. The one thing that's funny is that everybody has an, an opinion about this. I was watching the football games this weekend. Trailer comes on. That happened, you know, 
that trailer happens, and everybody in the room that I was sitting with had an opinion about what was going to happen. Uh, Batman's so tough, and he's so smart, and he's going to take him down. Well, it's so stupid, because Superman's just going to snap his neck, and it's going to be over. I had to well, that's awesome. That. That's what we're going to get out of Civil War, right? You're going to have fans that root for Superman, fans that root for Batman. The Civil War argument's a little more grounded because we are essentially talking about two humans. That's where, you know, the Batman and Superman argument is that Superman is essentially all-powerful. <clears throat> True. And it's not, a, it's not a play on the power set. It's a play on the morality <clears throat> set. And that's what makes the difference between Batman and Superman is that Superman, he's a Boy Scout. He's a good guy. He's a he's a hero's hero. He would never go into a corner and slouch down and cry. He would never get sad. I'm not sure it's a, a matter of morality. They both have morals as heroes, alpha heroes, if you will. But In the traditional sense, don't you think that that's the play is that Superman is... In the light, and Batman sometimes is in the shadows. Right, it's two sides of the same coin, right? But they both kind of, like, are for the same thing. Um, you can accomplish the same thing doing right, a lot it's just, of different it's, things. It's a matter of methods, not necessarily morals. Like, they're both heroes. They just go about their heroism differently. If Batman was an alien from Krypton, if Bruce Wayne, with his history was an alien from Krypton, do you think that he would treat his powers a little bit differently? It is morals, though, because one of them thinks it's okay to maim bodies and break limbs and leave someone a yodeling potato, and the other one thinks it's just fine to wrap someone up in a light post and... Call the cops, yeah. Or break their neck, right. But, I mean, that's where it gets interesting, is this version of Batman, or of Superman has a little Batman in him. We will never see Superman kill again in this DC Cinematic Universe franchise. We won't. That was the one and only time. <clears throat> okay. That's fine. I hope so. It was, a le- it was a lesson. It wasn't about his brutality or what justice he needed to inflict. It was about what lesson he needed to learn to be the hero that Earth needs. And on that note, on that heroic alpha hero note, we're going to wrap it up tonight. I think we had a very entertaining episode. For us, I hope you guys, I hope you, the listener, enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, thank you for listening. My name is Paul McGinsey. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next week. What of the boy? 
to Tatooine to his family sent him. I will take the child and watch over him. Until the time is right, disappear we will. <laughs>